Uh, when you say give up, what do you mean? Give up, I mean like give up trying. Give up like exploring. Become, become a victim. Look for an escape. Look for a drug. People know what yeshiva is? Probably not. No? Okay, so <laughs> like basically, audience. like I was in a place in my life where I was like finally like breaking from, you know, like people making decisions for me and mm. just like starting to do something. Motivated and underrated, I feel elated When I touch the stage, everybody going crazy I'm hip to the game, so don't you try to play me what is going on guys welcome to yoel's hangouts podcast i'm your host yoel we got a very special guest mendy here he's an international guy he's been everywhere every continent uh, but also he likes to focus on you know mental health things that improve people's lives um so yeah thank you for coming on the show man thank you for having me it's very of, exciting yeah of course of course um so what kind of got you on this journey of kind of you know, trying to be a better person, but also help other people, you know, figure things out on their own. Yeah. So I feel like it's been a, my, my personal story, basically. I've been struggling a lot with depression, anxiety, uh, just feeling really lost and not belonging all over the place. Um, so it's been like that, like many years. And for the past three years, I started like my journey going within and healing, um, trying to find solutions for this because the traditional therapies did not help. So that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to look for everything that's out there to, to figure it out. And since then it's been a very nice journey, you know, finding so many different techniques and philosophies, so many different alternative therapies that are very helpful. What are some that you've liked or you've enjoyed or like that have worked for you? All right, so the, the first one, um, so I'll get a, a little bit of a background. So basically I was finishing my uh, army service in Israel and that was about my lowest point, like mm. very, very dark times, very negative thoughts. Um, was it because something happened or just in general timing or? It was nothing that happened there. Maybe the, the, the hard environment of the army just made everything just like really harder to cope with. Got it. But it's a package that I've been basically carrying for many years, uh, maybe since I'm a, a young, very young kid. So it just, that was the time that everything just became like a lot. And I had a, basically, a, I took a, I made, I made a decision that I'm gonna, for one year, I'm gonna try everything that's out there. So I'm gonna go for it, basically look for any solution. And if I didn't find anything after a year, I will basically allow myself to give up, you know? Hmm. So like, no one can tell me I didn't look for it. I didn't, you know, it was more about like maybe proving people wrong or like that, that like acknowledgement. Like hmm. I'm not crazy, I'm just really not okay. Mm. So uh, when you say give up, what do you mean? Give up, I mean like give up trying. Give up like exploring. Become, become a victim. Look for an escape. Look for a drug or, you know, or just gotcha. like like stop trying. Stop believing that I can ever heal, you know, gotcha. and be better. Wow. Um, yeah. And so the first thing I started, I started taking some some like uh, like pharmaceutical mm. uh, uh, drugs and they did not help. They just like messed me up. My mm. whole like digestive system was really bad. And the next thing I found is tapas acupressure technique. So it's mm. TAT. And that was the beginning of life-changing experience for me, basically. It's a, it's a technique that we use to let go of trauma in the body somatically and also all the limiting beliefs that are in our subconscious mind that we're not aware of uh, that maybe don't allow us to heal. 
So it brings these two worlds together. And so, yeah, that, that was maybe the, the main, until today, that's the main a- approach I found, hmm. you know, to Who hear, introduced to you feel. to it? Like so my brother, my brother also works with this Got it. in Argentina and he's also in education. So he knows about this stuff. He knew about this person. So he recommended to me. Yeah. Wow. So you mentioned Argentina. You want to tell like a little bit of like your traveling background and kind of what's because you're, you're from everywhere. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I was born in Paraguay to a Venezuelan father, a Brazilian mother uh, who met in New York and embarking a journey to Paraguay to... Brazilian women are, are beautiful. I just had to say that. Not your mom, obviously. No yeah. disrespect. I don't know your mom. <laughs> but, uh, man, I see them sometimes and I'm just like, wow, very beautiful. There's something in the water. There's a lot of wife material there. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, and they yeah, cook, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't have a misogynist, but, you know, I like to be cooked too, you know what I'm saying? Cooked no, for. no problem. No, <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, Brazilian women really bring together many qualities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically I was born there the, my parents were, they, they went there to strengthen the Jewish community. Mm. So I was born in a, basically in a community, like 20 guests every Shabbat in my house. Mm. Um, very nice, very nice upbringing. A lot of, uh, how do you say a lot of, uh, hard work, but very nice growing up in a community. It's mm. very important. I feel like, is it very, yeah. was it very traditional? You would say like, like a uh, very orthodox. So the idea is that, uh, the type of work that my parents were doing, they were sent to do is basically to strengthen the community. So they bring everyone together. There is no exclusion. Mm. And then they provide also whatever material, like, you know, needs the community need or also spiritual. So Got to it. strengthen them. Yeah. Got it. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then, so you, you lived there and then how did you guys end up traveling just through strengthening different communities in different areas or? So my parents were there for 17 years. Okay. And when I was nine, we moved to Argentina to continue that work there. Uh, it just became really hard uh, economically and also for education. We were all homeschooled. We needed proper uh, schools to go study it. Um, so we put a younger couple there and then we moved to Argentina. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And what, uh, what ended up bringing you to Israel? Did it just make, just making Aliyah or? Yeah. So basically after, after being in Argentina and studying in Yeshiva, people know what Yeshiva is. Probably not. No. Okay. So <laughs> it's like basically, American audience. basically my whole, my whole experience in studies, like I didn't go to college. I don't have any, like not even. How old like, are you by the um, way? I'm 28. Friday. Okay. I'm 28 too, but cool. almost 29. Nice. Yeah. But all right. Yeah. So, so basically to make it uh, understandable for everybody, my whole background in studies is only religious. So wow. I stopped studying like what everybody studies at fifth grade. Wow. Um, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the good thing is I've, I got to travel a little, a little bit, uh, doing yeah. that in Brazil and Miami also. Eventually I came to Israel because I just didn't find myself in Argentina and mm. For someone who is Jewish, you can have a good opportunity in Israel, maybe to expand your future, you know, to. Yeah, this so, is the Jewish home state. Yeah, that's that's basically why I came here and I've been here ever since. Yeah. And was that, I mean, transitioning from that culture here, I assume you didn't, I mean, you, it was a bit hard for you, so you wanted something more. So I assume you came and it was, you lived a more secular lifestyle maybe, or maybe not. 
Hmm. It's a good question. So I, I actually Is that came a deeper here. question? The, the real question, the real reason why I came to Israel was because I was so religious and I needed a place to study. And I was thinking about business administration This for someone who hasn't, doesn't have any high school diploma or nothing. Uh, so I thought about Israel because there is an option here to study in a place where there's actually separation between women and men. Mm. And after a week there, I felt like it's not for me. Wait, and what do you mean separation between women and men? Uh, basically, it's a university where it's separated. You don't, it's only like... Here in Israel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, in Jerusalem. So that's what got me here. Not Zionism or not nothing. Like I didn't know anything about Israel. Was that important to you? To be separated? At that, at that moment, oh, okay, yeah, I was, I was very extremely like uh, religious. For me, I'm like, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> but, but, you yeah, know, like, I'm, I'm looking you at it from a different... <laughs> no, I'm saying being separated from girls in college, that sounds yeah, awful. Yeah, it's but... like, doesn't make any sense, right? That's <laughs> no, what college get, is for, I get where actually. you're coming yeah. from now. Okay, keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, after being there for a while, I was like, you know what? Maybe this is what brought me to Israel, but not the reason why I'm going to stay. So I, I left and I just started exploring. And that's when I started like venturing out into the world for the first time, you know, saying things, uh, just talking to a girl and all of these things, you know. Yeah. Uh, how old were you at that point? Like I was 19. Okay, 19. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Wow. How was that? Like, how was your first, like, I have so many questions, like, what was your first experience, like, getting food? Like, I don't know. I mean, you probably got food, obviously, when you're part of that community. <laughs> getting food. Getting like, you're food. starving. <laughs> uh, no, like, being around girls and talking. I guess that would be the main, probably, thing that maybe is, is different. Like, maybe having conversation with a girl or, like, giving a, giving her a hug when you guys are. Yeah. How was that? Like, was that weird? Was that, like... It's definitely very, very out there, very exciting because imagine... Uh, it's probably like overly I grew, up, I grew up in a house where if my if my my sister's friends will come yeah then i will go to the synagogue because wow. it wasn't right for me to be there you know yeah so it's like very extreme that's crazy <laughs> uh, that's cool it's not like my parents like obligated me to do that i yeah. i was feeling like that but the question is why was i feeling that you yeah. know so yeah wow that's so cool it's, because I think like my audience is mainly, you know, American and I, I came here maybe three months ago. So there's certain aspects of, you know, j deep Jewish Orthodox culture that they're definitely not, you know, aware of. And for me, I'm learning every single day. I've only been here for three months. Um, okay, cool. Dang. So, so you came here and then you went to school. Did you finish school or you just... No, no, no. I was there for two weeks. And oh, okay, two I weeks. Saw, you're I, like, saw, I saw more math than I saw my whole life. In okay. That, and I was like, this is not for me. Uh, but I immediately like fell in love with the country and I saw the soldiers and I was like, I felt called to it. I felt mm. like this is it. Got it. So that's how I started my journey to getting ready for tryouts, going to the army and all of that. Yeah. Got it. And your parents were kind of like, mm, I don't know, but like, you know, it's his life. I guess he's older now. Yeah. So at that point, like I was in a place in my life where I was like finally like breaking from, you know, like people making decisions for me and mm. just like starting to do something after a year of just like sitting around. So, you know, they see you doing something. It's like, go for it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just a parent thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you're Jewish, Christian, like there's going to be an age. The parents are always going to want to want you to do what they think is best at the end of the day. Like if you if they care about you, I mean, there's certain parents that don't care about their kids. They're not even going to be there for them. One, 
to like give them any sort of guidance like if you have parents that care about you they're gonna see a particular path and they want you to do the path that was oh, best yeah. for them you know yeah. just talk to me it, about is, that, yeah. it, it is what it is you know and you know you kind of have to like for me like with my parents i'll say like i love my parents to death they're probably watching this right now um yeah. you know they want me to go a certain direction and for me, I'm okay with that. I respect my parents, but sometimes you have to say, no, I'm not gonna do that. I wanna do this, like, you know, it sucks. I'm sorry, but it's, this is what I'm yeah. gonna do. So yeah, no, that's that's super interesting. So when you got into the army, um, what was it like being around that many different, cause I know in the army, it's very diverse. Yeah. So what was it like, like that kind of shock or that kind of, you know, perspective being around so many different cultures? It was very hard, um, especially for me. My whole life, I had a hard time feeling like belonging or fitting in. I was bullied in school, always like feeling like left out. So it was very hard for me also because I had on top of me my emotional package. So it was all about basically disassociation, just like switching here, you know, a flick and being like, I'm just going to be professional. Um, <clears throat> but harder than the physical stuff in the army it was like the not fitting in and just mm -hmm. feeling really like different from everybody you know it took me almost to the end of my service to connect with my team today i love my team we're very strong we meet all the time but it took me some time mm, wow yeah so you think that that was mainly some stuff that maybe you were holding in but as well as just the cultural difference but the combination of both you would say the combination of both 100 percent. yeah wow. sometimes like in when they will laugh, you don't laugh. And when you laugh, they don't laugh. It's just mm. because different cultural things. But I, I, I had like an American, a French guy, Ethiopian guys. Um, how was the Ethiopian? So many. How, how, how were we? Were we, were we nice? The Ethiopians are the heart of the team. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool. Just, just, just want to make sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how we're representing. No, they, they are definitely the heart. They're always <laughs> making the everybody feel just like lighter, you know, and... and and always pushing the strongest like mm, that's good um, to hear yeah yeah we're marathon runners you know yeah 100 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's uh that's interesting yeah like what what unit were you in by the way i was in one of the special forces oh okay wow yeah not that's like awesome. the top ones but one of them yeah so you're part of Mossad. Mossad, no. I'm just no. kidding. Way <laughs> People no. have no idea, so I'm just kind of joking around. They know what Mossad is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, wow. So you were probably, yeah, that was probably a lot. I mean, I can't even imagine. Like, you had a lot kind of on your plate. Wow. I'm trying to process everything. Wow. Okay, well, let's move on. Let's, let's kind of talk about more about your journey now and kind of going into uh, what, I guess, like, your your goals are and what you want to do moving forward as far as your career and as far as um how you want to help other people yeah all righty let's get to it so here's what i see what i see i see a big gap in the world um especially when it comes to wellness and just getting better in life and improving self-improvement and all of that there is so much content online it's like so much of it and there are so many different approaches and so many different views. But at the end of the day, I feel like we can literally put almost all of them into one, one category, um, which is for me, in my opinion, not enough. And the, the mentality, mainly when it comes to self-improvement for men, it's all about um, no pain, no gain, uh, all about forced energy, just like hustle, go out there, wake up 5 a.m. And, you know, if you really want it, you know, all this like motivation and screaming and you're supposed to. And 
it is true there is a part that we have to fight for what we love you know we're trying to love ourselves sometimes we have to do hard things right now i'm working really hard in jobs that i don't want to work on because it's it's part of my you know making things true but what i feel like this um area of self-improvement and healing is lacking is the balance and the harmony of addressing all of our parts as humans we have all of our parts and really taking the time to maybe heal before i'm trying to accomplish something big you know maybe understand that i have different parts of me and maybe a part of me wants to do something maybe a part of me doesn't want that so just to sit down first and connect you know like a lot of people are saying about make the money first and then go to a retreat and heal and connect with who you are and all of that mm. and for me that's someone that says that it's basically someone who i don't i don't think that they are connected with their spiritual side and i'm not talking about religion here at all i'm talking about you as yourself as your higher self um so yeah i'm getting a little bit ahead but basically the idea of not forcing things in life but understanding and accepting and healing and from there developing a self-love that pushes you to do things and mm. it's not you trying to push life basically mm. fair enough yeah. yeah i think uh have you have you had like a experience like for me i'm a, I'm a religious person have you had any sort of like is there a connection there for you with god or are you mainly more focused on like the psychological more of like the health you know uh, kind of like alternative medicines of you know i guess self-healing yeah or i guess you so, could probably do both so the, there is the what, what it's my experience and then what i believe at least of what i what i try to inspire for others so for me yeah i believe in god and for me when i when i talk about spirituality so it is about me recognizing myself as a like if you ask me who am i then i'm not my body and not my thoughts I'm basically a soul, a part of God that is in this world experiencing a physical experience, but I'm actually a spiritual being. And, and definitely my, my life is all about connecting with God, connecting with source and making this world a better place, you know, by helping others. Um, but yeah, I, when I talk more about spirituality, I don't want to like force that onto people that sure. were God, but I definitely believe that as, as humans, we're everybody, we all have a, spiritual part of us you know and, and it's our soul our our energy which is far beyond you know the material world mm. yeah yeah no for sure i think uh the uh the conversation of of spirit and god is because everybody has like I, I think of all religions every all religions have their own i guess like method all like let's use being muslim christian and, and jewish right everybody has their own way of communicating with God and everyone has their own, like they each have their own ways and certain ways even contradict each other. Um, and they are very discerning of like, this is how you communicate with God. This over here is how you communicate with God. And this over here is how you communicate with God. But, you know, trying to figure out what's the truth that what's the deeper truth and what's the real one. I think it's something that's interesting because we could say, okay, well, they're all talking about God, it's cool makes sense very like comforting but it's like trying to figure out okay well they contradict each other so one is either right and then the other ones are kind of lying or like they're all wrong and it's just you know this is just arbitrary and we 
need to figure out how to communicate with God a different way. It's right. like a very like, it's a very interesting uh, like conversation. I don't know. For me, when it comes around like these things, like we can talk about it forever. Um, but I feel like what's the most important thing for people actually, it's like, what, what, what are the results going to be? So, um, we can talk about God forever and what is, what it isn't at the end of the day, what, what does it make you do? Do you connect more with love, with unity or more with your ego and uh, separation, you know? Mm. So for me, as long as we're living a life of love and giving and sharing, staying in that vibration of gratefulness then you know call it whatever you want yeah i think humility Mm -hmm. and love are extremely important to get through life so anything that focuses on i I think anything that focuses on humility love gratitude those are extremely i mean I, i just don't see like i don't see a god where a god's like yeah you have to do this x y and z it's like okay like maybe to show humility okay cool but that doesn't like why would you do that if you're resentful or like it doesn't make like i don't necessarily think that that's what you know god would want of like hey you have to do this like most religions or certain sects of particular religions they have like this like portion of it where you have to do this x y and z for god to love you when it's like wouldn't God want, wouldn't want the surface things, but wouldn't he want our heart? Wouldn't, we, wouldn't he want genuine um, compassion, genuine humility, genuine, um, I guess, focus? But yeah, you're right. We can talk about this forever. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> but you did mention something interesting about like the unconditional love or just or needing to do something, which my whole life has been like that. It's been about proving myself so I can deserve love from others, mm-hmm. from God. And I've only lately like started like adapting this new way of, no, I'm enough and I'm loved how I am and started this different journey with God now. And yeah, I feel Keep like searching. basically, I, like it. I feel like when we connect with all these things that you mentioned and gratefulness, what, what we're saying when we're being grateful is basically I'm accepting reality and I'm embracing it and I'm owning it. So yeah, and, and you can express that through joy and happiness like we talk so much about i just want to dive in quickly into this this stuff because i really like it um there's so much talk about happiness and what you need to do to be happy and for me it's all about understanding that happiness is a choice why am i happy because i choose to be happy that's Mm -hmm. the state of being that i want to be sometimes i get sad and that's okay but I, i choose to be happy and it's so important in, in the Torah, in the Jewish tradition, the happiness is like one of the strongest things. Like if you don't do something, if you're like an observant Jew, but you're not doing it happy, it's like it's not even worth it. Mm. And basically, I feel like being happy is the biggest proof that you trust that everything that you need is coming your way and that you trust that everything is good. And it's basically it's the biggest you, you wouldn't be happy. You wouldn't be dancing and jumping and if you didn't accept your reality, if you weren't owning it and embracing it. So, yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, you could, you could not be happy, but that doesn't really change your situation. You know, you could do things to try to make yourself more happy, but at the end of the day, happiness, if you have all of the, even if you don't have all of the things, you have food on the table, you have a roof over your head, you have to be grateful because there's people that are doing much worse. Like when I was younger, I always used to think about, like a four-year-old that would get cancer. And I would just be like, that's so sad. 
a kid that did nothing wrong is getting a disease that and it's like if i'm if i'm not experiencing that then and it's arbitrary like it could hit you like you could get those things but me i'm healthy i have you know x y and z i have to be happy uh, you have like every time someone's like hey what's up man how you doing i'm blessed i'm good you know no complaints because at the end of the day it could be much worse and that's i think the the ultimate um aspect of humility obviously you don't want to take it to the next level which is like you become a doormat people are like oh you're humble okay cool let, let me take advantage of you let me you know and let me uh abuse your humil humility or goodwill but yeah i think uh those things are super important you don't want to do things like as a robot or grudgingly because god knows your heart is how i see it so if you're doing it grudgingly like he knows so you might as well get a better attitude what are what would you say are like the biggest misconceptions of um someone someone that is like struggling or things that they might be apprehensive about or things that are like kind of low hanging fruit for them to kind of maybe improve their lives would you say can you ask that again um what are like misconceptions about things that are maybe easier to do that most people may not think like, oh, like you could improve this aspect of your life, but people might not think about it. Okay. So I feel like there's two major things. One is that there isn't enough people talking about how to bring everything together. So synthesizers. So um, you, you're going to have maybe someone talking about why fitness is so important, why exercising is so important. Another person is going to talk to you why nutrition. And then, you know, there's so many different things. And what I found to be really helpful for me is to take all of these things that we supposedly need and to put them in categories and systemize it and understand it, what comes first. And so basically understanding that, which we can talk about it if you want to. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is the biggest, for me, it's the biggest concept in my life that in order for change, you need first no change. You need acceptance. You need mm -hmm. radical acceptance before change. Mm -hmm. Even, for example, before healing, you need to not heal. And it's very interesting because it sounds so counterintuitive. But here's the thing. Someone comes and he's like, oh, I've been trying to work out and I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. What happened, what's happening here is like, yeah, there is a part of this person that wants to work out. But maybe he's not aware of another part that maybe right now wants more more than working out wants to heal or wants to be able to be hurt or whatever you know so what i like to, to bring into my sessions with people is to bring awareness into all of these things and then being really like giving giving the space and love and time for for each one of these things and then with harmony you can understand okay what do i want to focus on right now in general okay so I'm going to give you like one example. Uh, so in the, in the technique that I practice in TAT, um, TAT, what is that? TAT. So tapas acupressure technique. Got it. Okay. So there's nine steps that we're supposed to go through them while we're putting our hands in our heart or in our brain. There's some, some poses that we do. And the, the first phrase is actually of acknowledgement. So basically let's say, Oh, this happened to me when I was a kid, I got bullied and this is bothering me still today. I feel an emotional charge in my body and I feel bad about this. And most people will come and will be like, hey, like move ahead, you know, like this is the past. Don't let the past define you. Go work out, go do this, da 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 
what's the problem that the only thing that trauma needs to go away like the emotion to go away and to be able to heal and move forward is acknowledgement it's mm. acceptance it's to sit with it one second and look at it and say this happened or everything that led up to this moment that made me feel this emotion indeed happened so that's the first thing you do. And I, I do this with my... That's a with, huge step, actually, I think. It's, cra it's crazy, yeah. It's very interesting. Because we live in a world now, especially that it's like... It's kind of like trendy to hang out to your baggage. I don't know. This is yeah. an American thing, though, for mm. sure. It's kind of like, yeah, this happened to me and that's why I'm like this. And that's why I should be given this because I've experienced this and woe is me. And the issue was with that and... Most adults, they recognize it, but kids aren't really seeing it. It's good in the short term because then you may get sympathy, makes you feel good, makes you feel connected to a community that's also being a victim. But the issue is if you keep telling yourself that you're a victim, if you keep telling yourself that you're never going to get past this trauma, you're born with this, there's nothing you can do, you start to believe it and it starts to be this anchor on you that starts to really limit you. So... I think that that's huge, especially in America. But I mean, I, I, I'm new here, so I can't speak for here. But I assume it's probably pretty big here. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very. Let's let's talk about like let's give an example so people can yeah, understand for this. sure. So, say Tommy goes to school. It's, it's always Tommy. It's it's, it's always Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I don't know if that came out of nowhere. Uh, basically, he goes to school, right? He's experiencing some type of uh, unpleasant experience there. Um, let's say for example, he's being bullied. So in that moment, maybe in order for him to survive, what he's doing is he's disassociating from the, from this, from the reality, from the situation. So he starts to tune out to daydream, you know, um, that, that itself, that's like a trauma happening in the body mm -hmm. basically. Okay. The, the fact that he's not processing his emotions and that he's detached from himself, from himself. That's a huge trauma for us. We literally, we feel like we're out of our body when we're doing that. And that's what humans do at a traumatic times mm -hmm. in order to survive. Mm -hmm. Basically, mm -hmm. oh, this is too much to, to bear. So I'm going to detach myself and I'm just going to see myself going through this. Uh, the problem is that one, once we do that for long times or, or with a very serious experience, we have a hard time going back in our body and being present mm -hmm. okay because why because the only thing we didn't acknowledge what was happening in that moment so maybe in that moment that's what we needed in order to survive the problem is that many let's say like 10 15 20 years later you have this person who's trying to work out and and he's not you know and maybe all he needs is to acknowledge this emotion that he didn't acknowledge back then now the funny thing and the interesting thing about this technique that i do with the tapasaki pressure technique is that we really do not encourage for you to go and feel and relieve your trauma. There's no need to bring back these emotions and like, like the pork who just like stirs in the mud. No need for that. On, the only thing that we need to do is to sit down, put our hands on our heart or in our brain, some places that help us connect with our body and our subconscious and just acknowledge and validate it. And it's like, yeah, this happened and this made me feel this way. Mm. And until I'm ready to continue and say this happened and it's over, but it's not affecting me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I choose because I can make a conscious choice to let go of it. Uh, but until I'm not ready for that, I don't do it. 
So maybe the whole session could be just about that, just acceptance, acceptance. And that's where all the healing happens. Mm. The more you accept that something happened, the more ready you are to continue and move forward. This is like kind of like therapy also. Do you know who uh, Jordan P. B. Peterson is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's pretty good with stuff like this. Like he talks about, you know, casual exposure, like gradual exposure to things like, hey, let's acknowledge first. He uses an example of like he had a client that um was like scared of elevators right he's like first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna think about elevators mm. and she's like whoa that like he's like and he's like if that's too much for them well, that'll be enough for that day we won't even think about elevators and then the next time we'll, we'll think about elevators i'll be like okay so today's session we're gonna think about elevators we're gonna look at them we're gonna think about and that might even be trauma that might be session number two. Third one he's like i'm gonna bring a photo of a a elevator i'm gonna put it in this drawer right here and i'm not gonna take it out until you give me permission to take it out and that will be like session number three them talking about it and then she'll see okay you can you can take out the photo he'll take out the photo slowly and he'll put it on the table and then and then he'll say do you want to look at the picture and it's like slow exposure of the trauma because probably that person may have experienced some trauma because maybe they're mom passed away from a tragic maybe she passed away from a car accident and it was carrying elevators and her young brain didn't know how to process you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying like it could be yeah. anything so yeah stuff like that is super helpful for sure so it's a good it's good that you mentioned but it's actually very different we're both trying to accomplish the same thing that at the end of the day there is a belief that we create that elevators are not safe okay mm -hmm. so in order to stay alive we associate elevator with the trauma and we're like, this is not safe, so I can't go into an ele elevator. So that's a belief. And after doing that consciously in the, in the, in the few times, eventually it becomes so familiar, it becomes part of our subconscious, you know? So it's, it just goes into autopilot. So what happens is that we have a programming in our subconscious that is so old that maybe back then it helped us, but today it's not helpful anymore because we need to get into elevators to live like a, an efficient life today. And what we're trying to do is to go into that, basically in the subconscious and let go of that belief. Now, so he has this approach of like talking about it and maybe bringing the picture and all of that. And the thing with that approach, I don't know much about it, I've heard of it, but maybe it works, but maybe it takes longer to work because we're talking on a conscious level. It's mm -hmm. speech therapy, we're, we're talking. and. The idea is we, we, we want to get to the subconscious mind and talking. Uh, that's why, like, for me, speech, like talk therapy didn't work. I don't want to completely like diminish it. It's very helpful for many people. But at the end of the day, when we're trying to change our subconscious and reprogram it, we have to connect with it mm. and talking doesn't do it. So the technique that we do is more about that. It's more about connecting with your subconscious and maybe in one session you can let go of this belief. You can be like, everything that happened for me to associate elevators with a lack of safety indeed happen. You validate it first. And then you go on to, this happened, but I'm okay now, I'm safe. And I choose to not identify with this belief anymore. Mm. When you do this conscious choice while doing the technique that helps you connect with your subconscious, you let go of it. Mm. And if there is another belief that comes after that, so you work on that belief until the person is ready. But it's much faster, basically. Interesting. Damn. Yeah. How many, uh, like, you said your brother's in doing it? Yeah, my brother's brother? also a therapist. Yeah. How long has he been doing it? 
He's been doing it for two, three years, I okay. think. He's yeah. seen good like progress with it? Yeah, amazing helpful. progress. It's changing so many people's lives. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And you're trying to do that here? I'm trying to do this here. I work also in the States. I give sessions over <laughs> Zoom and um, oh, okay, also nice. getting started here. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I always think about, it's funny talking about disassociation. I always think about um, like what is happening when you disassociate, right? Like. I think about, because it's hard to really, for me at least, to think of what's going on in someone's heart, someone's soul, someone's brain when it's going from one state to another. But I always think about like, like say someone experienced, you know, sexual assault, right? What's probably going to happen is that person, especially if I was at a young age, they're going to like disassociate from that experience because it's so traumatic. And then like, they're going to close up. And they're not going to, they might even disassociate with partners moving forward. And that's what a lot of the times leads to, you know, um, them needing to feel something or needing excess stimulation to feel anything because they're like guarded or they're closed up. Um, but I always think about what is, what is that thing that they're closing up? Like, was that so traumatic that they closed up their soul? Like they closed up their heart? You know, I always think about like from a functional perspective, like what's actually going on there? Like when you release somebody, are you releasing their heart, their spirit, their soul? Uh, because again, going to what you Sorry, said, it's not just, release? it's not just psychological, right? Like what you were saying, um, are you opening up when you go through therapy or when you do things that actually improve your situation, are you opening up and releasing your heart? Are you opening up and releasing your soul again? Like what is actually happening when you go from disassociation closed up to opened up and feeling and trusting again without trauma. I don't know. Hmm. I was thinking so, about that. So basically what's what what's happening, right? Before yeah. and after we're healing and we're doing this work. So I feel like basically when we go through life and stuff happens to us, emotions are born in like basically we experience something, we generate an emotion, but then it's like the emotion goes into a waiting room. And they needs to be processed. Mm. But then we have this door locked because why? Because feeling maybe it's not safe mm. because of a million reasons. Feeling might not be safe as a kid. For example, if I'm every time I feel I get rejected by my parents or by my caregivers, then I understand that that's very dangerous because I need this attachment to stay alive. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to feel I'm not going to express my emotions, mm. you know, um, so I can have food and shelter. So this is just like understanding the beginning where someone can be and why they will do something like this without even realizing. And what happens is that then we have a waiting room full of emotions just waiting to be acknowledged. So basically we're walking around with this huge like backpack of emotions everywhere. And that's why we feel low energy and we feel tired and exhausted. And just to do any small task is so, so hard because we're literally walking, walking around with this, uh, like you said before, this uh, like baggage. baggage. And, yeah. So the idea and the technique is to, to let go of this, is to basically stop on, on our way on life, in life, open the backpack and be like, hey, this, do I, do I still need this? No? Mm. Okay, am I ready to let go of it? Okay, let's see what we need to, to do to let go of it. Mm. So maybe I need to validate it, you know, understand it, and that's it, and let it go somatically. Just like putting your hands and be like, this happened first, and then saying like, I don't identify with this anymore. Mm. It sounds very easy and it's annoyingly. No, that sounds hard. 
yeah it sounds hard to do but the technique itself sounds very easy for oh, it yeah. to work and yeah. i was so so i'm such a skeptical person when i went for the first session i was like ah this feels too easy but at the end of the day what, when it, what it comes down to is that it's in our hands it's like what do you want you want to suffer no problem you want to continue being a victim no problem no one's going to tell you what to do but at the end of the day it's in our hands if we want to heal or not and the only thing that we need to do is become aware of our parts that don't want to heal mm. sometimes and why is that and if you if you want me i can give you my i can give my example please my life so i said before i i struggled with depression along like many years many years and i wanted to heal i wanted to be better i couldn't stand that anymore i, I didn't want to live like that what do you, do you think it was caused by something or just oh yeah you said it was because of something that may have happened when you were a kid or just how your upbringing or, or something like that? Um, Combination like, of things? I, I feel like, first of all, like depression doesn't need a reason, but but there could be many things in my life that that uh, put me in that situation, mainly like just the lack of many needs, not, not being met as a kid emotionally, like no available uh, caregivers emotionally to give me really what I, what I needed. Um, yeah, so I, I was gonna say because for, for me, like, I, if I, when I'm depressed, like it's pretty rare, but it's usually because of something. But mm -hmm. I know for sure that you can be depressed. With, the most depressing depression is the depression where you there's no reason. Yeah, I think that that's the saddest because you start to you start to overthink and judge yourself because of like man, like there's something wrong with me, and then it gets even darker. Yeah. You know, because if if it's somewhat justified, maybe something traumatic happened, or whatever, it's a little bit easier to be like, okay, this is gonna be somewhat temporary. But yeah, keep going. Sorry. So for me, the depression is indifference. It's not sadness. It's an indifference, which means basically I've come to a point that I really don't believe, and I have no hope of ever getting better, of ever seeing anything better. So I'm, I become indifferent to life. Mm -hmm. So I. It makes no sense to eat or to move, to move a finger, to get out of bed because nothing matters. Mm. Um, <clears throat> why did I get to that point? Maybe because of many years of expressing what I needed and I didn't didn't receive these things. And eventually I just started like shutting down. Mm. Like I was like, oh, crying doesn't help. Um, and it actually gets worse. So I'm not going to cry. I'm going to suppress my emotions. And suppressing emotions, that's depression basically for me. I'm, I am... Everything I say is from my experience. I haven't gone to university to study psychology. This is from my experience, how I see it. So going back to my example, so I went to, to this technique, to this uh, therapist, to do this new thing that I've never heard of. And what I was able to understand is that as much as part of me wanted to heal and be better, there was another part of me that was stronger that did not want to heal mm. and it Why do you think so that is? weird why is that and that part of me was the part that identified with depression mm. so maybe i was depressed and life was really bad but i had one thing i knew who i was i am a depressed person i have an identity this is who i am and identity is like one of the strongest factors in human beings so when that's I understood huge. that, that's yeah, huge. That's a huge thing. It's like, oh, okay. So what happens then you understand it's like I have a duality. The the the, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know is an American yeah, saying. I don't exactly. know if you know it. Yeah. So so that's when I was pre presented for the first time with a concept of duality, mm. which is basically something that even today I'm going through right now. We can talk about it later. But basically a duality is when we have two parts of us and one part wants something and one part wants something else. 
And sometimes we feel so confused. Well, I don't know what I want. And it's not that I don't know what I want. It's that I have a part that wants this and I have a part that wants that. And now I have to understand them and bring them together and make peace with them and see which one is the best one. We call, we call so, them demons. Demons. That's <laughs> oh the part. Demons. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so what I understood then, just to finish this example, sure. is that basically if I wanted to heal, if I wanted a chance at healing, I needed to gift myself an identity crisis in hopes of finding a more positive identity. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm ready to let go of this. I might be feeling depressed, but I'm not depressed. This is not me. It's not like part of me. Maybe this is what I'm feeling because of something, whatever, but I'm ready to let go of this. And that's how I ended up choosing happiness because I understood that by if, if to get out of depression, it's a choice to stop identifying with it. And again, this is my experience with depression. I don't want to put this on others that this is what they have to do, you know? For sure. Um, so yeah, basically wow. understanding the concept of dualities and parts is essential for me for healing. Wow. Yeah. I think that that's, that's huge. I think there's a lot of people that not only with depression, but a lot of things that they're going through, they may identify with it or they may be scared to leave it. Um, and because they're scared of, it's like the, uh, the, the Israelites leaving, uh, Egypt, leaving, uh, leaving slavery and going into the desert, right? Like sometimes tyranny is better than, you know, ultimate chaos or ultimate, you know, the unknown, right? Like people might like after a while, right? When they were in the, uh, in the, in the desert, they were mad at Moses because they weren't at the promised land yet. Right? Like they're worshiping, worshiping other idols and stuff like that because, at least back when they're in Egypt, they had something, they knew what they had. And now they're kind of in this between of like, man, I don't know if the future, I don't know what the future is going to look like. You know, I don't know what's waiting for me on the other side. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, I think it's like an ancient concept. And I think it, a lot of people, they lose these things about who they are and, and the, how their mind is wired. And uh, I think that's super important that you're, that you're talking about it, but we've reached the end. Anything you want to, you know, kind of uh, either plug or express to people listening? Um, yeah, I guess if there's one thing I want to tell everybody is that after really like believing so strong that I could never heal and being here today where I am, that's my inspiration that I hope everybody has that if they want to heal, they can. And all they have to do is not work hard. It's just to sit still and acknowledge what happened to them and work on their limiting beliefs first and only then then you can start like hustling and working because then it's going to be from a place of love and harmony and consciousness and awareness so go for it yeah wow <laughs> cool man yeah. well guys hopefully you guys uh, learned a lot and enjoyed that don't forget to like subscribe comment um follow this guy what's your uh you got any handles you want to um i'm starting my instagram it's very small but i'm starting it mendy.forma okay cool yeah cool guys we All are right. out out